This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Let's start with what should be a relatively easy question. What are New Orleans-style chicken wings? Tony, do you eat chicken wings? You, oh, oh you got to get your headphones on. See, somebody, my cousin Liz actually messaged me that uh, she enjoys when Tony and Matt contribute simultaneously and then every time that I go to try to talk to Tony and Matt simultaneously, I'm reminded of all the reasons we don't try these three-way conversations more often. Matt, are you uh, able to speak? I, I believe so. That wonderful. Um, do you eat chicken wings? I do, but I don't like – I like mild or barbecue. I'm not into the hot wings. So are the hot wings just called hot? Is that what they are? Yeah, the, and there's right. different degrees of hot, but yeah, I don't even like – I mean, just a hint of hotness is okay, but there's these people that like these super hot wings, and all you taste is hot. Right. Well, you don't so, even taste the chicken. Yeah. So there's there's buffalo wings right. and there's chicken wings. Are buffalo wings always hot? No, they come in um, different um, variety. Well, glad you could join us. Mild, Thank you. Hot, um, spicy. Okay, so there's chicken. What's the difference technically? And I'm not being I don't think intentionally there, done. I don't think there is between a chicken is wings and buffalo wings. Is there a difference? No, they're the same. Or are oh, they? It not? Might be the, the size. Oh, yeah, the I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's the size. Yeah, of yeah. Buffalo wings a little smaller than so, regular right. chicken so wings. You're, you're a chicken wing guy, also. Yes, I okay. am. Can either of you tell me what New Orleans style chicken wings are? I have no idea. Maybe it's a little Cajun spice to it since New Orleans is known for Cajun. Matt? No clue. Okay. Don't feel bad because I didn't know until yesterday either. New Orleans-style chicken wings is a KFC flavor of chicken wings developed, you know where, in China, which has nothing to do with the U.S. city of New Orleans at all. At all. And yet, it has now become one of the fast food chain, KFC, one of their biggest hits. You see, you listen to this show to learn something, don't you? You just learned that New Orleans-style chicken wings have nothing to do with New Orleans. KFC introduced the garlic, honey, and chili-flavored wings to China in 2003, 21 years ago, and now sells, are you ready for this? I forgot my bell in there. And now sells 480 million pieces annually in the country, the country of China. But the Wall Street Journal is reporting that customers, fans were shocked when they learned that almost no Louisianans had ever heard of them. So to buy New Orleans style marinades in the U.S., you know where you have to go. 
you need to go to Chinese supermarkets and buy packets with Chinese writing. Now, stories like this, they may sound a little odd, but they're actually pretty common. You have General Tso's chicken, which is, I believe, an American invention. That is a staple of American Chinese food restaurants, and it's almost impossible to find in China. Apparently, the real General Tso was too busy waging war to worry about preparing chicken. And you have uh, chicken tiki masala which is Britain's most popular Indian dish, it was invented by South Asian immigrants to the U.K. You ever go to a uh, Chinese restaurant and have uh, chop suey? Chop suey invented in the United States. So um, I, I don't know if you can go to any K- I don't I don't go to KFC, but if you I don't know if you can go to any KFC and get New Orleans-style chicken wings, but I think you can because it's incredibly popular in the the KFC brand. People love it. Absolutely love it. But you should know, just like Chop Suey, there's nothing Chinese about it. KFC basically just picked New Orleans, and that's what people think they're eating, something New Orleans style. If you order a um, New Haven style or Connecticut style pizza, that is actually the kind of pizza that they served and still serve in Connecticut. That's not the case with this Nolan style chicken wings. I'm curious if you know if you can think of any other examples of foods that are supposedly something, but they're not. I, I, I seem to recall, I don't know this for a fact, but I seem to recall that um that there's some connection with chimichangas. Chimichangas and um, them not really being Mexican, that being sort of an American invention. I'm, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I will have to check on that one. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. If you could think of anything now, uh, we're going to chat with Tony Orlando in about twenty minutes. I'm very much looking forward to this. Who is the most famous action star? Turned politician in America. No, even though I'm a fan of his, it's not Jesse Ventura. I think you would have to say the answer is absolutely. I'll be back. Arnold Vlaunschnagger. That's right. The former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it is now being reported that Governor Schwarzenegger was detained at Munich Airport. This is really interesting. He was detained at Munich Airport for several hours over, you ready for this? An unregistered luxury watch. A German newspaper and TMZ both reported that the 76-year-old former governor was headed to the World Climate Summit in Kitzbühel with a luxury watch he planned to auction off for charity at a dinner on Thursday night. So they've reported that the actor and former governor... I'll be back. Was stopped by customs agents for a suspicion-free bag check, which is when the luxury watch was discovered. The watch, which Schwarzenegger reportedly said is worth 20,000 euros, which is slightly more than $21,700, was produced by by a Swiss manufacturer whose name I can't pronounce, especially for Schwarzenegger's private collection. So, um... Uh, evidently, th- what happened was 
um, a spokesman for Munich Main Customs said to this German newspaper, the watch should have been registered as an import and that criminal proceedings under tax law have been initiated. My goodness. Um, Schwarzenegger told the newspaper, this is the problem that Germany is suffering from. You can no longer see the forest for the trees. And he explained that he told officials the watch was being auctioned off, but was still fined 35,000 euros. That's roughly $38,000, half of which had to be paid in cash. Can you imagine that? Now, again, I have my problems with some of the things that Governor Schwarzenegger did in life and as governor, but it looks to me an awful lot like a bit of a shakedown here. Oh, we're fining you. You have a $21,000 watch? Okay. You want to try and bring that into the country to try to help uh, the climate? Well, we're going to fine you, if you didn't register it, $38,000, almost twice the cost of what the watch is worth. Twice the value of what the watch is worth. And, by the way, you think you're going to write us a check? Use a credit card? Oh, no, you don't. We want half of it in cash. I mean, it's ridiculous. They detain this guy, the governor, and one of the biggest action stars in the world. I'll be back. For three hours. And he had to be taken to a nearby bank so he could withdraw the cash for the fine. (laughs) Now, I don't mean to laugh, but this aspect is funny because you don't think of somebody that is uh, wealthy and famous and has been for 50 years as having this issue. You think of people like Frank Morano as having this issue. When the ATM didn't have enough funds, a working credit card machine was brought in by an airport officer. At that point, honestly, when there's not enough money in the machine, and I think he had enough money, the machine didn't have enough money. When there's not enough money in the machine, don't you say, okay, we'll take a check. Well, are they concerned it's going to bounce? I mean, what a story that would be if Arnold Launchnagger gave them a check and it bounced. I almost hope that would happen because of all the publicity involved. I mean, you could post the check at the airport like they do when you try to buy, um, you know, fruit in a corner grocer and they put your name of uh, the bounced check right on the behind the register. Like uh, like Joe did when you don't have enough money to buy the uh, plums with red on the inside. I mean, it's ridiculous. Everything about this is ridiculous. So it's not clear at this point if uh, Schwarzenegger is going to face any additional charges. But his spokesperson, Daniel Ketchell, told the Washington Post uh, that lawyers are dealing with it and they don't expect any issues because Arnold always pays his taxes. Here, here is a report from CBS Sacramento, the capital that uh, Governor Vlaamschnegger used to uh, live in when he was the governor of California. Arnold Schwarzenegger, former California governor and actor, as you know, running into some legal trouble while traveling. He was held for more than two hours at the airport in Munich after failing to declare a luxury watch he bought uh, for his charity auction. He brought it to Munich. He was taking uh, to an ATM at one point to pay potential taxes on that watch. And customs officers uh, say uh, Arnold will face criminal tax proceedings. Isn't this the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen? Come on. Give the guy a break. And not because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, because the whole thing is ridiculous. 800 848 On the one hand, 
I give them a little bit of credit for not giving, not letting him get away with the "Don't you know who I am?" routine. But on the other hand, this is incredibly stupid. In some ways, it almost seems like he was singled out because he is famous and had a big and a nice watch. It's ridiculous. There's got to be a little common sense here. All right, eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. We're going to chat with uh, Tony Orlando in. 13 minutes or so. Three open lines if you want to comment. Russell in White Plains. What's on your mind, Russell? Hey, Frank. Rocky Mountain oysters aren't exactly what you think they sound like. Ah, interesting. Good to know. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Frank. I always learn from listening to your show. I learned that Melbourne or the Bronx and Steve of Manhattan agree that the 1965 immigration law was a bad news thing. I, I couldn't believe it. There, It's a tag team, the two of them. I'd love to hear them on at the same time. Well, you know what happens, Russ, and, and you know this, because I think you're a left-winger, right? You're a left-winger, but you're very for Trump. Is that? Am I accurate in that? <laughs> you called me a right-winger the other day. Well, what are so, you? No, I don't think I did. All right, did I call you a right-winger? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to you very carefully, Frank, just like Steve in Manhattan. And, you know, it's hard to say. Your your whole thing with the trans is opposite me. But, you know, on Staten Island, I'm sure we have different opinions on things. So it, these, are, these are antiquated concepts. That's right. You're think, right about that. You know, tr- Trump, Trump transcends. He's a disruptor. He's even a nonviolent disruptor, kind of like Martin Luther King. Because if you think of these road blockages, and I'll get to my other point, but these blockages that these protesters are doing, it's very similar to what January 6th was. But, I mean, they lashed out at January 6th, and, you know, it's it's similar because nobody gets anywhere blocking someplace that nobody wants to get. But, Frank, let me go quickly to Daniel Penny, okay? Um, Frank, are you there? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay, because Daniel Penny, I listened to Rita today. And People are so used to getting interrupted. If they're not interrupted but, every um, other sentence. They assume uh, they've been hung up. What's on Daniel Penny's phone and his iPad? They made a motion to suppress that kind of evidence. But the lawyer, you know, said, oh, well, we don't care really what's on the phone or the iPad. And I couldn't understand. Does this mean that they're like just running up the meter? They've got $3 million to do billable hours. I think this poor guy, Penny, He's getting taken advantage of. I've found lawyers and judges work together, and he's, they work against the client. I think this guy is going to be found guilty eventually. The longer he waits, it's going to be a seven-year sentence. If he pleads right away, it would be five years. We could put this behind us. You know, one of your colleagues said no jury in the world would find him guilty, but, the, but if it's only one holdout, that would be good. I mean, there's cognitive dissonance there. A jury of his peers are going to find out what happened. And I'm afraid to, to say that some people join the Marines in order to legally kill people. All right. Well, I, I don't I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, but I don't think that's I don't think that's the case here. Uh, I don't I mean, this is a guy that I think was just trying to take the train and uh, protect people. Honestly, I don't think he was. Uh, intending to go out and murder someone, not by not by a country mile. 800-848-9222, Tony and um, and Matt Blaze, can you think of any other examples of what I mentioned, like the um, New Orleans style sauce or the New Orleans style wings that aren't actually from the place that they purport to be? I'm trying to th- think. I don't. I have no idea. Like, they could have picked any city and just called them 
wings of any place. Well, right, exactly. Well, I think it's because of the rich tradition that New Orleans has when it comes to food, especially in the French Quarter. The thinking is, all right, you know, let's kind of tap into that a little bit more. And it gives me some ideas. I'm wondering if we can, you know, tap into something. But in New Orleans... When I think of food from New Orleans, I think about poor boy sandwiches mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. etouffee or yes, yeah, stuff like that. Right, but but not no chicken wings. I wouldn't either. But what do they know in China? They, they don't know what's going they're probably, on. They think, they're probably they, like those stupid Americans don't think these wings came from New Orleans. What are they going to know? You know, years ago, and I think I talked about this when um, Ryan O'Neill passed away because they use this phrase a lot in the movie uh, Paper Moon. Well, uh, yeah, Paper Moon. The they used to call Frankfurters anywhere in the country. They used to call Frankfurters uh, a Coney Island, and really that's kind of gone out of fashion. I, I don't know. Now they either call them mostly hot dogs or Franks or Frankfurters. But um, years ago, it was ubiquitous. No matter where you would have one, anywhere in the world, really, they would call it a Coney Island. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Joaquin is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hello, Joaquin. Hey, listen, Frank. Okay, uh, you know what? I had a way I wanted to go, but I want to say something. <clears throat> when it comes to food, the Chinese food, like General Cho's and chop suey, that probably was actually invented by Chinese people that emigrated here. And the same thing that you referenced to the Indian cuisine in the UK that was done by you know Indians. But I don't think there were no any Louisiana immigrants. To <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. They've, KFC probably wasn't having a uh, a French Quarter chef in Beijing somewhere whipping up this New Orleans style uh, uh, chicken wing sauce. That's a fair point. Okay, and also buffalo sauce actually has kind of a, a creamy texture to it, so it actually has its own distinctiveness to it. Oh, so there okay. is a difference between buffalo yeah. wings and chicken wings. Oh yeah. I'm a guy, you know, I'm 64 years old. When I was a young guy, man, I could eat really hot stuff. I would go to 7-Eleven. I was wondering how long he would go before telling us he's 64 years old. You know, Shelton. Let's see if he tells us one of those depressing stories. But anyway, you know how uh, I started in Rano 101, what would Frank say? Right. I I got another new segment here. Joaquin Snicket's Tales of Irony. Not Tales of War, but Tales of Irony. And you were talking about your your, uh, issue there with your son and putting eye drops in. Well, my youngest son... At the age of six months, he was not growing. And so we went to doctors, and they uh, started diagnosing him with things like cystic fibrosis and a couple of other rare diseases. And I had a friend, actually, that had a son that died of another disease. And I actually took him to a Gary Null clinic eventually because they said that we were going to have to put him on, uh, on growth hormones. And uh, so can you imagine having to give a young child struggling Every day, shots of growth hormones in his butt. Uh, No, I can imagine that was very, very difficult. But at least, you know, you could get a hold of them and, you know, even a petite child, their buttocks provides ample opportunity for an injection. If you have a child, as my wife and I did yesterday afternoon, that is absolutely insistent upon keeping his eyes shut, and I have to pry his eyes open like I'm trying to open a, an oyster for a pearl, it's it's very challenging. I know, but when you have a child yelling at you, Daddy, why do you hate me? Oh, <laughs> I, I couldn't deal with that. Forget about it. I, I'm, I'm the worst with that stuff. Hey, Joaquin, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. All right. 800-848-9222. Tony Orlando coming up in a bit. Next hour, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Dr. Peter Mikolos. And then uh, we're going to get into uh, it with Brian Kilmeade. 
I'm still going to give him a hard time over his football predictions uh, this week or last week because he picked Cleveland, my wife picked Houston, and I ended up winning the football pool because of my wife, not Brian Kilmeade. I mean, you think of somebody that knows football and sports in general, you'd think Brian Kilmeade. I don't even think my wife knows what the name of the Houston football team is. And yet she picked it accurately. And thank goodness I went with her picks. I won the football pool. And then in the uh, subsequent uh, two games on Sunday I or Monday, I turned my 91 cents into $3.16. There's no telling where I'll go. See, that's the danger here. Yeah, I mean, we all see that where this is going, right? I mean, if this was a movie that you were watching, you would say, okay, we know exactly what's going to happen. We can walk out. We don't need to see the rest. Don't you see what's going to happen? You see... That I'm going to think I really am this expert Super Bowl uh, football picker now, and then place crazy bets on the games this weekend $300, $400, $500 a game instead of $0.90 cents and $1.71. And then I'm going to lose all four games. I mean, that's how this movie ends. So that's the danger of having this ridiculous app on your mobile phone. So we'll see where that goes. 800-848-9222. Uh, Tony Orlando coming up in a bit. But first, let me say hello to Eddie. What's on your mind, Eddie? Well, two things. Uh, first, I had a girlfriend in New Orleans. was down there. I never heard of chicken wings named after New Orleans, Frank. Well, no. I mean, they're yeah. only 21 years old. This is brand new. Oh, oh. So, you know, traditionally, things would things would have a longer history. And as for Daniel Penny, um, I, I'm from North Babylon proper. I always say Babylon. Babylon's one town away from West Islip. Right, we have Penny. some callers that do some Babylon. Oh, okay. And, um, uh, you know, as for towns in uh, Long Island, uh, there are some that you wouldn't want to drive through, but West Islip is just a wonderful town. I met Daniel at a place called the Lion's Den. A little pub, restaurant, you'd love it. And uh, one of the nicest, I'd say, kids, because this is before he went in the Marines. He was a porter at the restaurant. He couldn't serve alcohol. He was too young. Good sense of humor, um, kind to us, and just, you know, someone you'd look at as a good uh, son's, uh, the next-door neighbor of a son. Wow. I'm not surprised to hear that. That's really interesting. I'm a good... You know, I'm a good character witness for him. Sure. There you go. We will alert his attorney that you are available. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> 800-848-9222. Jay is in Cincinnati. Hi, Jay. How's it going, Frank? My uh, father was a weekend farmer, and his uh, black Angus bull got pink eye. If you think putting it in a kid's eye is something... Uh, a bull was not very happy about that, getting drops in his eye. Jay, I know this is not your first time calling a radio program. I know you've called probably six radio programs in the last 12 hours. You're an experienced caller, right, which is one of the reasons I feel comfortable taking your, your calls. Why in the world would you leave your radio on in the background as you're calling and as you're being put on hold and poised to speak to me? I mean, you've been through this operation enough times to know you're not supposed to leave your radio on, right? You're right. I thought I was far enough away, Frank. All right. See, you know, again, the fault is mine for getting Jay on so quickly. You knew it was going to end in some sort of a, a dramatic fashion, some sort of a trauma, but you just didn't know what. Right. All right. 800-848-9222. Arnold Schwarzenegger has been released from the Munich airport and uh, they have restocked that particular ATM with uh, with cash. So now if anyone else tries to bring in a luxury watch that they want to auction off for charity, 
they have money so that you can pay your fine. I mean, who thinks of that? You think you're doing a nice thing, trying to do the right thing, bring an expensive watch that was designed specifically for you, donate it to a cause you really care about, and then wham, bada bing, they blow your cash all over that nice Ivy League airport. Ugh, terrible. All right, 800-848-9222. Let's, uh, well, let me take a break. We'll talk to Tony Orlando in a bit. Those of you that are holding, we'll get to you in a bit. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. The stars won't come out if they know that you're about Cause they couldn't match the glow of your eyes Candida by Tony Orlando and Dawn. Uh, unfortunately, we are having a tough time getting a hold of uh, Tony Orlando. So uh, hopefully he will get the, my SMS text message and the voicemail we left him. And he will call us back in short order. If not, that leaves plenty of time for you and I to speak. I think I mentioned this the other day, but uh, in the film Naya, no, in the film The Holdovers, which I enjoyed immensely with Paul Giamatti, which I think which has a lot of Oscar buzz around it, they have a that song, uh, not that song, but another Tony Orlando song in there. And it's really it's always so cool when you watch a film and you're not expecting it and you hear a song or a nice piece of music or a uh, I don't know, a clip from a movie, another movie within a film maybe, When and it's someone you know. And I've been very lucky to get to know Tony Orlando over the course of the last few years, and uh, he's a great guy, even though, you know, it's not generally the kind of thing that I would say about someone that was unavailable to us. But I'm going ahead and saying it about uh, Tony Orlando. So yesterday, as I mentioned, was um, very much a hectic day because I came home late. 
And when you come, uh, you, you, if you're up right now, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because chances are you have offbeat hours. So when you come home and it's dark out, it's still pretty easy to go to sleep. If you come home, as I did, around 11 a.m., and it's bright out, it's sunny, it looks like the middle of the day, it's a little bit more difficult to go to sleep. So uh, I am, you know, I'm still uh, a little, you know, um, I'm nervous, obviously, about my son being sick, and I am, you know, a little bit off kilter because I was coming home late, the sun is up, and the... You know, I slept a little bit on the bus, but not that much. So I didn't fall asleep right away as I normally do after doing the show and everything. So I'm lying in bed, getting ready to go to sleep. And I'm right, I'm getting, I'm starting to get into that zone where you're you're still awake, but you're starting to dream a little bit. A lot of you probably in that zone right now. Wake up, if that's the case. But I, uh, I'm starting to drift off. Into dreamland. And then <laughs> I hear from my son's bedroom, and it just keeps going. It is not one brief, it is sustained for 45 seconds to a minute, which I know doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're hearing that, it sound, it's a long time of the two cats that I live with currently fighting. And it's Ed going after Prissy. And I really, you guys know this if you're cat people. I can't describe how awful that sound is. Because really, when you you hear that, and you don't even know which cat is making which sound, but it's kind of a combination of a cat being angry, a cat being distressed, a cat being frustrated, and a cat being in pain, quite frankly. And then my wife comes up. We're both trying to separate these cats. They they, they went into the closet, and uh, Percy's running into the closet to uh, run away from Ed. Ed is chasing her into the closet. I'm opening the other side of the closet for Prissy to come out. My wife is shouting to me. And now, obviously, I'm running around and got this adrenaline pumping from trying to break up this literal cat fight. And there's no chance of me going back to sleep. My wife is saying to me, no, get away from the door. She's not going to come out if she sees you there because Prissy's still afraid of me. And she finally is able to get Ed out. And she just says to me, that's it. He's done. We can't live like this. So it started out as Prissy being mean to Ed, formerly known, the cat formerly known as ex-best friend. But now we're in an era where Ed, formerly known as cat's best friend, or ex-best friend, is being mean to Prissy. So I think we have tried this, but my wife has made the decision that uh, Ed's time in our home has come to an end, Uh, which I'm really sorry about because at least with humans, not just my wife and me and my son, he's incredibly loving, which is more than what I can say for Prissy. She doesn't let me pet her. She certainly doesn't let Carmine come near her. And even when strangers come to visit, Ed is incredibly nice. So we can't have our house divided as the cat version of East and West Berlin in perpetuity, right? So uh, we're going to work on finding a loving home for Ed, I guess, unless this uh, CBD oil and the pheromones and everything else that we've been trying works and they all of a sudden start 
getting along. But um, it's not looking good. As Yogi would say, it is getting late early. So we'll see where that goes. Hey, uh, since Tony Orlando is not here, let me give you my football picks for the week. Because I have to be honest, and I'm saying this with all modesty, I am killing it. I won my season's football pool, and then I won the uh, first week of playoffs, and I turned on Monday alone 90 cents into uh, $3.67 or thereabouts by calling both games correctly. And in the Facebook group, which you can join, by the way, if you're on Facebook, just search Morano Radio Fans and Haters. That's M-O-R-A-N-O Radio Fans and Haters. In the Facebook group, um, Phil, who's normally very critical of me, as are most of the people that post in that group, feel free to join that group and say something nice. You'll be scared straight in about an hour. But Phil posts, well, I have to give the devil his due with his football picks. Frank's way of picking games may be totally unorthodox, but it does produce results. I followed his picks over the weekend and won a few hundred dollars based on the teams he picked. Thank you, Frank. I'll spend the money wisely. Looking forward to your picks for this coming weekend's games. Straight ahead. Here it is. Ready? Okay, now, what I'm about to do, these picks that I'm about to give you, I hate to do what I'm about to do because I am... Picking all the favorites, which I hate to do. I like to go for the underdogs both in life and in betting, but I can't. I can't. Um, So Saturday, you have two heavily favored teams, the teams that I have predicted to uh, probably face off against one another in the Super Bowl. Baltimore Ravens are playing the Houston Texans. Baltimore is favored by nine and a half points. A lot of people are saying, well, Houston had that incredible Cinderella story, that incredible game against Cleveland. Maybe they'll come within nine and a half points. I have to go with the Baltimore Ravens because of our terrific affiliate, um, uh, WCBM, in Baltimore. A great radio station, which we are honored to be on. And I absolutely am going with Baltimore by hook or by crook. No doubt about it, we are going with Baltimore. So I'm going with Baltimore. Now, uh, in terms of the um, in terms of the other big game that a lot of people are watching, it's uh, San Francisco versus Green Bay. I almost always pick the 49ers because the 49ers were the the team that I rooted for in my youth. But I um, and and I'm going to have to. Keep that going here, especially this week is the um, the birthday of uh, my friend Claudia's friend, uh, Rachel Booth, who lives in San Francisco. And I'm a big fan of San Francisco and I drink a lot of their wine um, and I love everything about, you know, the whole San Francisco environment. Well, as much as you can love it without ever having been there. I love the 49ers. I always rooted for the Giants because my Uncle Carmine was a Giants fan. So I'm going with the 49ers, even though they are also favored by nine and a half points. So I'm going with two favorites on Saturday. You look at Sunday's games. Again, it's an easy choice. Detroit is favored by six and a half points over Tampa Bay. We're on a great radio station in Detroit. WFDF, AM 910, the Superstation. I got to go with them. 
So I'm picking Detroit, even with the points. And then finally, in a game that if uh, if I wasn't about to show you my loyalty, I might pick something else, but I am. Buffalo is favored two and a half points over Kansas City. I'm going with Buffalo for two reasons. One, we air on a great station up there, WLVL, which is technically Lockport, but it's, you know, it's Lockport, Buffalo area. And I feel like it's kind of meant to be because we just had that discussion about Buffalo wings. And, you know, we even learned, courtesy of uh, Joaquin, what actually a buffalo wing is versus a chicken wing. So I think uh, I have to go with, um, I'm shuffling off to buffalo and picking buffalo. So I, I never do this, but I am picking all four favorites this weekend. Baltimore, San Francisco, Detroit, Buffalo. Boom! Those are my picks. If you want to make a lot of money, that's how you should bet. All right? No guarantees, but that, that's what will happen. All right, 800-848-9222, We'll continue with your calls in a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide. I don't have much money, but boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. If I was a sculptor, but then again, no, or a man who makes potions in the traveling show. No, it's not much, the great Elton John, the who has now done the full EGOT, the winner of an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Hey, speaking of Tonys, hey, Tony, do you have any idea how many people in, in history ha- have won all of those, have done the full EGOT? I know Rita Moreno, Jennifer Hudson, and Whoopi Goldberg. Um, so I think it's about four. Four, yeah, four, including Elton John, right? Well, well, you're right on Elton John. You're right on Jennifer Hudson. 
I, uh, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. And who was the other one you said? Rita Moreno. Did Rita Moreno win all of those? Yeah, she was the first one. Really? She's See, in this the is good. You're right. But you're wrong on the overall number. Uh, it is 19. 19 wow. EGOT winners. So uh, Richard Rogers, Ma- my boy Mel Brooks has wa- has done it. Audrey Hepburn has done it. Um, Marvin Hamlish has done it. And uh, Mike Nichols has done it, which I would not have guessed. And a couple of other people, uh, John Legend, a few other people that I've not even heard of, actually. But um, a very accomplished group of artists. But, uh, yeah, he uh, Elton John becomes the 19th EGOT winner, so congratulations to him. And uh, congratulations to uh, my neighbor, John Charles, who uh, I talk about from time to time. And who um, is awake at this time, not usually awake, normally listens to the podcast. It's bad news for me because I'll have to be a little bit more careful with what I say about him now that I know that he's awake listening. So we'll see where that goes. Hey, um, speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger and air travel, did you realize that 2023 was one of the safest years for flying. Now, you wouldn't know it because of everything that is going on. You see all the problems with Boeing and so forth. In fact, I didn't know it. You remember when we had uh, Professor John Banzaf on the other day. I, uh, I asked him, why are there so many problems with air travel? And this is what he said. And it turns out he was exactly right. Why does air travel seem to be so perilous now? And what can be done about this? Well, actually, air travel is not perilous compared to the alternative. For example, driving a car or a bus or probably even a train. But it can be made much safer. 2023 was the safest year for flying in history. Imagine that. I would have not guessed that. You hear about all these terrible incidents. You hear about planes crashing with one another. You hear about near misses. 2023, safest year for flying. I mean, this is in spite of Boeing. Boeing, you know, you have that one kid in the class that that brings, that kills the curve, right? Boeing is sort of the curve killer for the, the airlines because they're having no shortage of problems. Be, uh, the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was unable to fly home from Davos after his Boeing 737 aircraft was deemed unsafe to fly due to an oxygen leak that could not be repaired. And now this incident is the latest in a string of safety concerns for Boeing, with the FAA grounding more than 100 of the 737 MAX 9 aircrafts following the midair blowout of a panel on an Alaska Airlines flight on January 5th. China, for what it's worth, the country that gave us New Orleans-style chicken wings, thank you very much, don't say they didn't give us anything, China, except COVID, China this week said that it would delay the restart of shipments of Boeing 737 MAX jets into the country. Boeing has not delivered any aircraft to China since 2019 when safety issues linked to its MAX 8 planes grounded the aircraft globally. But in spite of that, 2023 was the safest year for flying. Really, apparently, 2023 saw no major airline accidents except in Nepal, one place where 
uh, airline travel is becoming more dangerous. Not a surprise here. Russia. Flying in Russia has become increasingly dangerous. But U.S. air travel is extremely safe. However, these near misses, and that's why I asked John Banzaf about this, because he's commented about how AI can be used to help this. These near misses are very concerning. If you compare where we are now to the major air incidents of the 1990s, U.S. air travel safety has made a serious turnaround. Uh, U.S. commercial airlines haven't seen a fatal crash in 14 years. Again, knock on everything. There's some wood. Um, an unprecedented record. Some pilots, though, fear that airlines are operating on borrowed time. We've seen uh, n- not just one or two, hundreds of near misses reported in recent months. Washington Post, or uh, excuse me, Slate, quotes one aviation expert. Every captain has stories. We're asking too much of the system. It's not a matter of if something happens, but when. Air traffic controllers are understaffed and overworked, and only three of the 313 commercial airports in the U.S. met FAA standards in 2023. That was according to a New York Times investigation. I'll tell you what I do think is good news. The antitrust mergers blocked... This JetBlue spirit merger. By the way, uh, I am getting of the opinion that Boeing needs to be broken up. I I mean, the fact that not just the whole country, not just the whole airline industry, but the whole world seems to be reliant upon Boeing for things like waging war and flying around, that's pretty dangerous. I think that's coming pretty close to the definition of a monopoly. If I were running for president, I'd be campaigning on breaking up Boeing. But for the first time... The antitrust division of the Justice Department stopped an airline merger. First time in history. Despite all this whining from industry executives about the woes of the airline industry. Oh, no. It's a historic win. And uh, I think it's very big for people like me that, um, that don't support all these companies getting larger and larger until there's only one company that you can work for. You ever seen the movie Demolition Man? We are, in that movie, I'm not spoiling anything by by saying this, in the future, all restaurants are Taco Bell. We are pretty much heading there. We are poised to see a future where every business is Amazon, right? And if Amazon merges with an airline, forget about it. It'll be Amazon and, and that's it. Um... The judge wrote in his opinion, and I think he's exactly right here, blocking this acquisition of uh, Spirit Airlines by JetBlue, the airline industry is an oligopoly. What a wonderful word. It doesn't sound as good if it were to be a board game. If, If we're talking board games, monopoly just has a better sound to it than oligopoly. But this is what the judge wrote, William Young. I went to uh, I went to middle school with a young man named William Young. I wonder if this is the same guy. I don't know. It's possible there are two William Youngs out there. I'm not certain. Anyway, Judge Young writes, the airline industry is an oligopoly that has become more concentrated due to a series of mergers in the first decades of the 21st century with a small group of firms in control of the vast majority of the market. He's exactly right. See, 10 years ago, Only a very aggressive liberal judge 
with deep historical knowledge would have the confidence to write something like that. But today, recognizing that America is in a monopoly crisis has become conventional wisdom, so much so that this particular judge, an 82-year-old Reagan appointee, all right, I don't know that he is the guy that I went to high school with then, an 82-year-old Reagan appointee openly talked about the effects of this concentration problem in this merger opinion blocking this deal between two relatively small airlines and no one batted an eye, least of all my son Carmine who's got that pink eye. It's a stunning intellectual turnaround from an era where consolidation was considered a way to foster efficiency and better corporate behavior. So hopefully, maybe I'll get into this with uh, Brian Kilmeade a little later because he has this book out now about Theodore Roosevelt and um, Booker T. Washington. Hopefully, it's not just going to become a liberal thing to want to stop monopolies. Because if you look at all of the the tradition of breaking up trusts and monopolies and standing up for the consumer and wanting to promote free markets and fair markets by breaking down monopolies, you got to look at a Republican president, Theodore Roosevelt, the trust buster. But you know what? The guy that succeeded him, who he ended up running against in 1912, William Howard Taft, Taft, even though no one knows this, Taft, his record was in some ways even more progressive than his fellow Republican Theodore Roosevelt. Taft actually broke up more trusts and more monopolies than Theodore Roosevelt did. So I maybe Trump, who's already brought the Republican Party back from that era of um, neocondom, Maybe he's the guy that will stand up and say, you know what, if you want free markets, if you want fair play, you can't have monopolies. And I say good for your uh, Judge Young here. 800-848-9222. Paulie's in Westwood. What's on your mind, Paulie? Oh, Frankie, how good? Um, I got two quick questions. The monopoly, it was uh, Ma Bell in 1977, but that's why I didn't call you, I didn't call you for that. I call on you for uh, Elton John is the only knighted that got all those awards. He's the oh. only knight. Oh, I didn't realize that. Right? Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, no. So far, Mel Brooks has not been knighted. Sorry? That's right. Okay, that's good. Sir Elton John, you're right. The only knighted EGOT winner. Very Well, well done, sir. And I will not use that literally with you. Paulie, thank you. Um, questions, comments, thoughts. I'm ready for you. 800-848-9222. Dennis Quaid said something really interesting, and it drives with what we heard from Noam Layden yesterday. We'll get into it. Dr. Peter Mikolos will be here as well. Until next hour, help control the pet population, get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.